Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1147. If I can do it better for myself, I end up with a better product. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in all the way from Australia, Greg Maskell. Hey, Greg, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am ready to go. All right. Cheers, mate, as you say down there. <laughs> Greg Maskell is the owner of Maskell's Customs and Classics in Shepparton, Australia. Since 2003, Greg, his wife, Julie, and their talented team have shared a nothing-is-impossible attitude when it comes to restoring and caring for their customers' cars. Everything is done in-house to ensure quality, and they cover repairs, restorations, design, and manufacturing for all things automotive. Greg started working on cars at the young age of 17, and he has designed and built multiple award-winning vehicles. His first challenge was a full restoration on a 1961 Ford Thunderbird convertible And since then, he's been creating fantastic restorations for himself and his dedicated and enthusiastic customers. So, Greg, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, that'd be great. So, we started the business in about 2003 as a full-time business. I worked building company and worked on cars after hours just as a hobby. Took on a full-time business, started their own building, went from there. So developed from there, I had a grand plan of four cars, work on one car a week, invoice the owner, end of the month, go back to the first car and start all over again. That was the ultimate goal. Now, currently, we employ nine guys full-time, two ladies in the office, myself. We have 22 cars pulled apart. Uh, that we worked on, that's not including cars that might need a small dent repair or rust repair, engine tuning, things like that. They're all add-ons as well. Uh, So grown into quite a big monster, which has given me an awesome life in the automotive industry. We've met some amazing people. We've travelled all over Australia and America. It's sort of given me a great life to, to date. So I've really enjoyed it. Well, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it, right? (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I want to do a shout out to Paul Mather. He's uh, been a guest on the show. He's the one that connected me with Greg. And I think it's great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to share your story with my listeners. I've got listeners all over the world in about 80 countries. So it's not just in the U.S. There's a lot of listeners down in your part of the world, but also all other parts of the world. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important to you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Greg, take the wheel. My mantra has always sort of been that if someone else can do it, I should be able to do it and do it better. I've always tried to better myself. Every time I do a paint job or an engine build or something, I want to do it better, not necessarily for the customers, but just because if I can do it better for myself, they end up with a better product. Kind of my mantra. Absolutely. You know, I love that that other quote you have that I 
mentioned when I introduced you, nothing is impossible. And it seems to be something that served you guys and your team quite well. Mm. Yeah, it has. It's, it's, it's one of those things that we, we're not going to build a car and fly it to the moon. But if we can take on every challenge, at least try to succeed with it. So we try to, nothing's impossible attitude works for us. It really does work for us very well. And all of my guys, all nine of them, have the same attitude. It's, it's not, oh, that's too hard or we can't do that. It's give us a go. We'll see if we can do it. And if we can't, we'll worry about it then. But let's just try and make <laughs> it happen. Well, no doubt it comes from your leadership and your direction. Let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you indeed were going to be a car guy? Yeah, there, there sort of was a time. I was only 16, 15, might have been 15. I was only young and I was standing on the side of the road. I grew up in a very small little country town of 200 people. A car drove through the town. It was a little Ford Cortina. I didn't know what it was. Had no idea. Had a set of tunnel rams on it. It drove through the town, and I went, "Holy smoke! What's that? That is the <laughs> coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life." At that point, I was not a car person at all. Didn't car got me to A to B with mum and dad, and then not long after that, ZZ Top had their thirty-four coupe. And it was, yep. it was on Eliminator and things like that. So those were the two things that really cemented it for me. They, they, that was it. It was like whatever those things were, I wanted to know what they were and I wanted to know how they worked and wanted to make them. Yeah, it was just that was my time. I remember that very clearly. Well, we needed to get you out of that little town of 200 and get you exposed to some more cars, for goodness <laughs> sake. I think that was the challenge, but the... The Ford Cortina is such a cool little car. I've seen them raced, of course. I remember yeah. uh, Jimmy Clark raced one of those cars, great racer champion from England. I just love the way they look. They're kind of like a little Datsun 210 or a uh, two, 2002 BMW. Really cool little car. Yeah, when you put a V8 in one with tunnel rams, it changes it all over again. And yes. I actually know where that car is today. Uh, it, no it's, kidding. It's a good, a good friend of mine. Over time, a good friend of mine owns that car. He he built the car. Yeah, um, wow. it's a great story. But it just it was an inspiration for me. I remember standing there. I thought I was the coolest kid in town. You know, there was only five of us. So I thought I was cool standing <laughs> on the side of the road with my push bike, and this thing just I just remember driving through and the sound and the look and and everything. I just thought, wow, that is the way coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, yeah, great, great moment for my time. Infected. Well, let's take a look at your life and the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure because I tell you, making a living and doing well in the restoration business sounds easy, but it is not. <laughs> it's like many businesses. There's a business side to it. There's the restoration side and there's the customer side and then there's the capital yeah. and the money side. So Walk us through one of those moments that was really challenging for you or maybe a big failure and tell us how that experience help you gain even more momentum as you move forward and what you learn from it. Yeah, the thing with the restoration business or custom car building, it looks great from the outside and it really is. It's a great job. It's the most magnificent job you could ever imagine. But we've had some really, really hard times. Deadlines are usually a real killer for, to finish a car for a car show or things like that. We, in, we build high-end 
show cars. Some of the things that have happened though, uh, not really. It's just from my experience. I don't. I didn't start the job to work the office and to be a bank manager and then to to do all the business side of it. I started to work on cars. I love working on cars. I love getting dirty and and creating something. And we went through some really hard times in the early days. Nobody knew who we were. We were struggling to. Uh, we had enough clientele, but we were struggling to get money in. I didn't know how, and I don't like to charge people for working on their car. How do you charge someone for working on something you love to do? And and I wasn't charging out correctly, and we had a, a potential customer, and we took him out and his wife to tea. Now, I said to my wife, Julie, we need to take these guys out to entertain them, and hopefully we can get their business. So we took our last $200 out of our bank account. We had uh, 36 cents to our name. And we we took those two out and entertained them and enjoyed the night. We nearly spent exactly $200 that night. We were very careful what we were doing. It was sort of a, a thing that if we spent over that, we didn't have the money to cover it. There was no money in a credit card. There was nothing. It was 200 and $200.36 in our bank. It was it was a moment of truth, and I remember thinking that after that night, it was a great night, had a good time, and then we have $0.36 cents left to our name. And that was, that was a real daunting fact that the electricity still has to be paid. Everything has to be paid. But we got those customers. They came on board, and we built a car, and that stepped us into the next car and the next car, and from there on in. And not so much of a failure, but it could have potentially been a failure. It wasn't really an educated idea that we could do this and succeed. It was a gamble, which could have completely gone wrong. And from there, we might not have actually gone any further than that night, you know. So so I remember that clearly, and it was it was so scary and not knowing what the future was holding every day. You know, every day you're kind of wondering, is someone going to pay me? Are we going to move forward? Are we going to... Um, so I, I'm not good at running a business, but I've had some great mentors. and I've got some really close friends that are brilliant business guys. That idea of failure is always there, no matter what you do. But I think you kind of not got to let that take over. You've got to just, right, let's see if we can do this and try do it well. So yeah, not all about a failure, but my failures are always saying, because I'm self-taught. I've never been taught, trained. Everything I've done, building engines, panel beating, fabrication, chassis work, suspension, all of it, I, I've taught myself. And I've had some monumental failures in that. Like I've painted some stuff and it's gone horribly wrong. And then when I've got to fix it, it comes out of my pocket because no one was paying me to fix my stuff up. So, so those failures teach you really quickly to do the job you know, and get it right the first time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a golden nugget here, and I've had hundreds of restoration uh, business owners on the show, and, and it's a really typical challenge with someone who's a craftsperson, and that is understanding the business side. And the golden nugget you dropped oh, there yeah. for us is to find a mentor, find people who can help you with that. Because And don't be ashamed, because a lot of times people are ashamed to ask for help. They They don't want to look weak. They don't want to look uh, foolish, yeah. and you, you've got to ask for help because 
just because you are great at one thing doesn't mean you're great at another. And so uh, that's the golden nugget that I think you've dropped for our listeners. And I'm so glad you did it. And boy, what a night that must have been. It's like the big last hurrah. I hope you enjoy that last bite of steak, honey, because we're going to. We're going to be eating tuna fish or, or top ramen for the next month if this doesn't work. So yeah, fish fingers weren't looking too good. <laughs> yeah, bold, bold move. Well, let's let's shift gears and talk about a big career aha moment. It's one of those times when the headlights kind of steer you down a new path, and you go, "Yeah, this is going to work for us. This is the way we need to go." Yeah, the the aha moment was for me was the sixty one T bird. I was always playing around with guys' cars fixing my cars, doing someone's brakes or, you know, tuning their engine and things like that, hiding the car. Or, and it was always from a mate or for me. And then a guy came and seen me. He had a 61 T-Bird a convertible, beautiful car, but re- really run down. He bought it in the States and bought it out to Australia. And it just, it wasn't what he wanted. And he needed a better car or wanted a better car. And, he came and asked me about doing the restoration on it, and I, at the moment, I sort of went, oh, I don't really know if I can sort of help you out, you know, just more because it was a lot of work, and I wasn't going to really, I didn't think I was going to get paid for it, and he said, no, no, I want to pay you to do my car. I want the engine built, the wiring, the brakes. I need a full restoration. It was like, oh, well. <laughs> You're paying yeah. to do something I like? Paid. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get paid. Someone's actually yeah. going to pay me. If I can be paid to do it, I can do it. So we said, yes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. We jumped in that boat feet first, ended up doing three Thunderbirds for him, uh, two nice. convertibles and a hardtop. So, yeah, so that was sort of my moment. It was when I was offered the, the chance to do this as a full-time job, but I could work for, for the building company at the time and did it on weekends and at nights and, Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it, and that was kind of my moment. It, the moment took months, of course, but it was that time when I went, I can do this. This is me. This is. And at that point in time, I never really had a direction in my life. I was about 30, and I enjoyed hanging out with cars, going drag racing, going car shows, and just doing a general car guy type thing, and never really had a direction of what I wanted to do for a job. And then this kind of went, well, if I could do this and be paid to do this, life wouldn't be any better than it could be. You know, like <laughs> yes. So that was my time. Yeah, that was my aha moment. You know, when I was a kid, I had a next door neighbor who bought the first 450 SL that was sold in the city we lived in, and he offered to let me wash it for him. And I spent all day cleaning oh. that car. And I, I took yeah. it back to him, and I started to walk away. And he goes, "Well, wait a minute. How much do I owe you?" And I said, "You're going to pay me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about I was about 14 or 13 years old and I think he paid me $25. I went running home and my mom and dad said, "Look at what I just did." And my dad said, "Well, it looked like you enjoyed that. Why don't you start your own detailing business?" And I did, and I had that business all the way through college, help pay for college and uh, really? you know, help help my wife and I buy our first home. I mean, but yeah, it's it's that that's that moment when you realize you can do something you love and get paid for it. That is a magic moment in life, and that's what Cars Yeah is all about, is sharing stories like yours, Greg, with yeah. people who haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, but it is possible. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car. Is there a first car in your life that you own that 
that really meant a lot for you? It was a, I bought a car in Australia. We go by letter. So it's a ZC Fairlane, Ford Fairlane, 1969 model uh, Ford. <laughs> I bought it. It was a piece of junk, an absolute piece of junk. And I thought I was cool cruising around in my piece of junk. Uh, back then, <laughs> that wasn't a cool thing to do. Now it is, you know, with patina cars and fun finds things like that. But back then, it wasn't real cool. So this was in in the mid-'80s, and there was a new show that had started up called Summonats, and, and it's our biggest show in Australia now, and it kind of was then. And about two weeks before that show my piece of junk wasn't cool enough to go there and they wouldn't actually would not have let it enter. So I thought, well, I'm going to fix this. And me and some mates were hanging out in a shed that we were renting and one was a panel beater and I'd sort of played with cars, nothing really. And a mate was kind of good at a bit of electrical. And at the time I was working for a mechanic after hours for free to just get experience. And he gave me some ideas and, so I bought another car with a V8 in it, and I transplanted the motor gearbox, the suspension, the, the steering. I, I did an interior. I sanded and painted that car, and two mates helped me. And that was all done in two weeks. And its maiden voyage was was from from here in Shepparton to Canberra. Back then, that was about a ten or eleven hour drive. It was a long drive, middle of summer. And that, that was its maiden voyage, and it, we drove it all the way there. I like my cars really low, so it was really low, had four-inch wheels on the front and uh, tens on the rear. And it was a great, great time. You know, that was a, it was an awesome car. We all hung out and built my car and, and got it done. And I had a full-time job as well. Like this was – so I worked from 7 to 3.30 every day and then raced out to the other end of town Worked on this car until who knows what time in the morning. Some days I'd just go straight to work. Oh, and my then, gosh. Um, <laughs> built this car, and we cruised around the car. I drag raced that car. I showed that car. I drove it to the other end of Australia. I had one car, and it did everything. Now I have a car for every occasion. Um, <laughs> nice. That car just did everything, and it was just a, it was a magnificent thing. You know, we make some jump in it. We could cruise around. I was booked more times than I can imagine in that car. I spent a lot, lot of money on fines. <laughs> and it was just from being too low and just speeding. We weren't allowed to speed here in Australia. We get caught pretty easily. But it yeah. was a good time. It was a great car for, for a few years there, and, and we just had an amazing time with it. Yeah, Sounds I really, like it. I really loved that car. Very impressive on its maiden voyage that it did an eight, ten-hour drive too because very rarely when you finish restoring a car, does it do very well? There's usually a little time period there where you got to work out all the kinks. So very impressive. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go? You really wish you had back? Yeah, there's another one, a 1967 Falcon Ute. I've sold some cars over the years. I've had some really nice, cool cars. But this old Falcon Ute, it came to me. I I bought it off at a, a farmer, an old farmer, and didn't really do much to it. I just built a nice little six-cylinder in it. It was three on the tree. Again, it was really low, that low that the bump stops actually wore out. And I put a little <laughs> supercharger on it. It was all under the bonnet. And it was a cool car. It was just a get-around-town type, patinaed, 
had the original paint on it, the dents in it from the farmer, and um, it was a great shop ute. And I, I sort of bought another vehicle and didn't need the ute at the time and sold it. And now I kind of regret selling it. I I know the day that it left, I I thought about it and went, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have kept that ute because I won't be able to replace it. And, and it was just one of those cars that you sort of go, it was just cool. Like it was nothing special about it. It was just my Ute, and it was a, a one owner when I bought it. I was a second owner, and um, I remember the night the guy drove off in it, and I I thought, no, nah, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have sold that to him. I should have kept it. I got good money for it. There was no reason not to sell it, but there was a lot of reasons. I just I just wish I'd never sold it. Yeah, it was one of those cars I should have kept. What year was that? Car. 1967. The year car was, but uh, I only sold that Ute probably five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't. wasn't hasn't been gone that long, but yeah, it was. It was a cool car. We had some uh, back then. Julie and I didn't have kids, and we had Swedish Terrier dogs, and they'd ride everywhere with me in the Ute, and it was cool. You could go anywhere in it and it didn't matter it didn't matter if someone dinged it or scratched it not that they did everyone was scared of going near it in case it caught some rust but it was just it was a cool car yeah i love that car went to a lot of car shows in that car Um, yeah it was good good fun fun thing to have for those uh u.s listeners that might be scratching their head going ford falcon ute what is he talking about it was kind of like the (laughs) el camino of the Ford vehicles, very exactly. much like that, with kind of a, it was a pickup truck in the back and a sedan in the front, two-door sedan. So, yeah, very cool little car. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. If you could share a little bit more about what has you excited and fired up about Maskell's Customs and Classics and your business. Oh, look, everything about my business excites me. I'm, I'm really lucky. I've got like I said, 22 cars pulled apart, and and we've got we've sort of got a bit of a loose rule here that no plastic bumpers. Right now, not that we stick by it, but we kind of like cars from the mid 80s backwards, you know, right uh-huh. to, back to 1900. And, and some of the stuff that we're working on here is good old Aussie muscle cars. We've got some American muscle cars, like we're putting together a '69. Mustang, it's a 428 Cobra Jet. It's a drag pack. Where well, did you get to see one of them, let alone work on one? We're, we're, we're working on a no, Nomad at the moment, 57 Nomad. We put a LS in it, and it looks all like a small block Chevy. Aussie Falcons and Aussie Holden. We're, I'm just so, so lucky, and I just love working on all of these cars for all different reasons. We're doing some custom work. We're doing some restorations. My job is amazing. Like we, we did a car, we call it X-Boss, or the owner calls it X-Boss. We did the body and paint on it. Took that to the Detroit Autorama and competed in there in 2016. So my my business and my job gives me all of these bonuses, you know. And, I, and when I say bonuses, it can be going to the Riddler or it could be just fixing someone's dent in their front fender and it just gives me those experiences of working on other people's cars, meeting car people and their families and, and things like that. But I just, I love everything about my business. You know, like my guys that work for me are great guys. I've always had good people working for me. And throughout the the years, 
and the business has grown and I've created the monster, so I've got to live with it. But it is a good thing to deal with, you know, because like I said, who else gets to work on all these cool cars, you know, like and, and a big variety. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think luck has little to do with it. This has everything to do with a lot of years of hard work, preparation, training, uh, stick to itiveness, as we say, as entrepreneurs do, tenacity, yep. um, and making the right move. So, congratulations to you and your team, and kudos Thank for you. what you built there and, and the fun that you're having. Well, if you woke up tomorrow morning, Greg, and you were a car, what would you be and why? Uh, it, that's, that's hard because I'm, I love cars and all sorts of makes and models, you know. And, and I've never, I, we're actually working on a 68 Dodge Charger. We've put a 572 Hemi in it. The vendors overdrive, it's tubbed and lowered. But if I was to be a car, it'd probably be a winged car, uh, uh, something with a Hemi in it, something like, oh, you know, some petty drove or it, it, I'd be a muscle car. If I, was, okay. if I was to be a car, it'd have to be a muscle car. I'm, I'm six foot three. I'm, I don't know what it is in pounds, but I'm 120 kilos. I'm a strong guy. I've got determination. I, I, I'd be like a car that goes top end speed. I, I like to push hard through things and get to the end. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, so muscle car is kind of me. I, I think muscle car, but, but something with a Hemi, you know, like nice. Hemi's the ultimate, you know, like it's, yeah. it's the ultimate engine. Um, yeah. Although my muscle car is an American Falcon with a 427 side oiler with tunnel port heads. That's and cool. It is a tough car. It's an American Falcon two door, uh, still left hand drive, six shift. It's a tough car. So, yeah, if I was going to be a car, it's got to be a muscle car, preferably something, something powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Nicely done, Greg. Well, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark it Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material, and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, 
you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Greg, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Hemi throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Do it once, do it right. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? It's attention to detail. The, the big things can take care of themselves, but the detail needs to be looked at all the time. Yep, absolutely. Now, do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you enjoy? My resources, I love to ask people questions. Mm. Just everyone, whether it's social media and ask them questions or face-to-face or ring them. I just, I love to ask people questions, you know, how yeah. to or why did you do or things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, More and more people, and I'm seeing it more and more, use their social media networks to ask great questions because, uh, of course, you have to vent, you have to vet some of those answers because they may be a little goofy. (laughs) But, but for the most part, everybody in the car industry loves to share what they know. Uh, it's a unique thing in any business, uh, out there. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and enjoy a drink with someone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? That's a that's a good question, um, but my definite answer on that still a given. ZZ Top, like ah. man, that guy I think would be the coolest bloke to just stand back and just have a talk to, have a drink with. I've yeah. been a fan of theirs, ZZ Top, all my life. He's a car guy. He gets it, you know. Yeah, just Billy. Yeah, Billy. I think so. I think so. I'd love to have him on this show. I think he'd be pretty a, a cool unique yeah. guest for cars yeah so i'm trying i just got to find somebody who knows him well enough for me to get to him get invite him <laughs> to be on the show but boy that would be cool i've always loved their music they're great now how about a book yeah. is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy oh i'm not so much a book guy but i love magazines uh, i'm i'm kind of addicted to magazines car craft popular hot rodding a, a lot of uh, i love magazines i love catalogs but i love magazines my magazines are my go-to source of information well those two are great well i'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources greg has shared on his cars yeah show notes page just go to cars type in greg maskell m-a-s-k-e-l-l and you'll find links there also links to his business all right greg we're up to the checkered flag and this last question it can be a bit of a doozy for some guys i'm gonna buy you any cool collector car in the world today doesn't matter who owns it where it is i'm going to get it down there to australia for you but there's a couple rules to this little game one is (laughs) it's the only collector car you can have two you have to drive it which i don't think is a problem for you i think you like to enjoy your cars uh and three is you got to keep it so uh what can i buy you today um that's a a fairly easy answer for me Plymouth. Plymouth. Hemi, with a wing, with a Hemi, you can work it out from there. That's pretty easy. If, if, if I could have a car 
any car in the world, and it's it's a pretty simple answer for me. Yeah, it's got to it's got to have a wing in it. It's got to have a Hemi on it. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I kind of thought there'd be a, a, a Hemi involved in there. Are we talking about a Roadrunner? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I thought. Them. I just I love them. I love the history. I love the pedigree. I love everything about them. The the, the way that they sound. The, the, the big cars, the huge cars, and especially right. to do what they did, two hundred mile an hour plus. Just and 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 then NASCAR saying no to them in the end. Everything about the about, about the wing cars, they're just cool. You know, they look good, they sound good. Yeah, they're cool. So it sounds like I got to go out and find you like a nineteen seventy Superbird. Uh, yeah, yep. I think that would be. Uh... That would be pretty cool. Um, I'm guessing orange might do it for you. I actually love orange. Okay, yeah, that, cool. That, one of my vehicles that I own is orange. I love orange. Uh, yeah. Half my workshop's painted in orange. So, yeah, good call. Yeah, let's do an orange one. <laughs> well, my listeners know I like orange, too. I have a 1987 Turbo that I affectionately call my orange crush because it's a very yep. unique paint-to-sample metallic orange color that was special ordered by the original owner. Uh wasn't even a Porsche color. It's uh, just a oh. wild, crazy color. So uh, I would be more than happy to find a Superbird in orange for you, Greg, and uh, ship it down there to Australia and have you take me for a ride across that beautiful country that you have down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That is cool. Well, Greg, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would. I want to thank you for calling in all the way from Australia. I guess it's it's today we're talking on a Monday and it's your Tuesday. You guys are always ahead of us. We just can't quite keep up here in the United <laughs> States with you guys. Uh, would you offer us one parting piece of guidance or wisdom before you rip off into Australian desert in that Plymouth Superbird? Have fun. Just whatever you do, just try and have fun. Yeah. yeah pretty that's, simple. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's what life is all about. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Our Facebook page is re- updated regularly. We do a lot of work on Facebook, uh, Maskell's Customs and Classics. Instagram, same thing, Maskell's Customs and Classics. And we're just updating our web page now. Uh, next month, we're going to release a brand new web page, bigger and better. So yeah, social media is very good for us. Yeah, we we do a lot on that. Well, we're gonna have a talk. Absolutely. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, I'm going to put links to all these great ways to follow Greg and his business on his show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Greg or Greg Maskell, and you'll find all those resources. And if you find yourself down in the great country of Australia, I think you need to look Greg up and go pay him a visit and see what he and his mates are up to. Greg, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with us. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.